Lots of people think that the Holy Spirit will only start to work in you and bless you when you're perfect. But isn't that silly? Because when you're perfect, <laughs> you won't need it. The idea that you've got to be perfect before the Holy Spirit will move in and do things for you is like sending young people to a university and the professors come to them and say, now when you young people graduate, we'll start to teach you. Say, when do you need teaching? Before you graduate. Uh, when we get to heaven, we'll have graduated. Then I don't know that we'll need all that teaching. But we need the Holy Spirit to help us now in our weaknesses. You know what Romans 8, 26 says? The Spirit helpeth our infirmities. The places where we're weak, the places where we're having problems, is just where we need the Holy Spirit. And likewise, evil spirits, though they cannot own a Christian, can move in, uh, be in residence, and occupy certain areas of their personality. To illustrate it from personal experience, I was a full gospel preacher for a good many years, but I had various internal problems. I'll mention only one, it's a common one, it was depression. Another thing I noticed was, when I really wanted to serve Christ to the utmost, that was when the pressure was risked. But when I was content to kind of go along with the stream and not make too much efforts against the kingdom of Satan, the pressure let up. And I could not find the solution to this until one day, reading in Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3, I read this phrase, the garment of praise in place of the spirit of heaviness. And when I read that phrase, the spirit of heaviness, I suddenly saw, that's your problem. It's not a mental attitude, it's not a psychological attitude, it's a person, a spirit that knows you. And immediately I saw a whole host of truths. I said that the same spirit had troubled my father most of the time that I knew him. That it was a kind of family ghost that followed us down from generation to generation. I could trace its activity. And I realized that it understood me. It knew my thoughts. And it definitely planned its strategy against me. And that it was had one supreme aim to prevent me serving Christ effectively. I will tell you this with regard to demons. Their headquarters are in Satan's kingdom and they have two main orders in relation to you. Number one, to keep you from Christ. If they fail in that, their second order is to stop you serving Christ effectively. If they can't stop you from being a Christian, then they'll stop you from being an effective Christian. Now you will find out that this makes sense and explains a whole lot of things in your experience. For instance, why can you stay awake till midnight watching the TV, but fall asleep before 10 o'clock if you read your Bible? Because the demon of slumber, which is referred to both in Old Testament and in New, doesn't mind you watching the late night show with Johnny Carson, but does mind you getting to know the Word of God. See? Or you take the little, the case we had of the neighbors with a pestilential little girl of about three. And we used to watch. Friday night when they went out grocery shopping, she'd dress up and walk out all smiling and sweet. Sunday morning when they wanted to go to the full gospel Sunday school and church, she'd lie on the floor and kick her legs in the air and scream. Because the spirit in that little girl didn't mind the grocery store but hated the full gospel church, you see. 
And if you will work out a lot of things that happen in your life, I sometimes tell people in meetings like this, now if you find an absolutely abnormal resentment for Brother Prince rising in you right now, be on your guard. I mean, there are many good reasons why you could resent me, but I've, I've done nothing to you. And it suddenly rises up in you. Remember, it's the devil trying to stop you from coming to me for help. See? You, you, behind these things, if they are demonic, there's always an intelligence that plots and plans and rips out how to frustrate you, defeat you, keep you miserable, make you sick, and if possible, kill you. That's their objective. Don't forget what Jesus said about the devil. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, to destroy. That's why he's there. If you tolerate him, that's what he's doing. Don't forget. You tolerate Satan in any area of your life, whatever. He's there to steal, to take away the things that are rightfully yours, your peace of mind, your innocence, your health, your right relationships with your family and neighbors, your prosperity, your success, all these good things that are yours in Christ, the devil will seek to steal from you. Secondly, he's there to kill you physically. And many Christians every year die murdered, murdered by cancer and tumors and all sorts of things. They don't live out their natural and normal appointed lifespan. They're murdered by the devil. And then the third thing he does to the unsaved, not to the believer, is to torment them eternally after death. That's his program. Jesus warned us. He said, be very clear why the devil comes, what his aims are. They're stated for you. Steal, kill, destroy. My description of demons is persons without bodies. It's very important to realize you're dealing with a person. In the early years of my ministry, I suffered from intense depression that would come over me and rest upon me like a dark cloud and shut me in, keep me from communicating. And I struggled with it. I did everything. I prayed. I fasted. I reckoned myself dead. I knew the scriptures. And the more I prayed and fasted, the worse it got. And I had no remedy. And one day I was reading Isaiah chapter 60, 61. And it said, in place of the spirit of heaviness, the garment of praise. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that's your problem. A spirit of heaviness, of depression. And when I knew that I was dealing with a person and not myself, you see, I'd been blaming myself for all of this. When I discovered it was another person, I was 80% of the way to victory. And actually, I understood by revelation that it was a familiar spirit. That is, a spirit that follows a family up. And I realized the same spirit had affected my father for many years. So all I needed was one other scripture. Let me share it with you. Joel 2.32 It shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. I called on the name of Jesus and I was delivered. This thing, it was like a heavenly vacuum cleaner. It came down over my shoulders and just sucked this thing out. And I had struggled with it for years until I recognized it was not myself. It was another person seeking to afflict me. And I want you to understand, when you once realize you're dealing with a person who is not yourself, you're about 80% of the way to deliverance. 
Now, as I understand it, and I, let me say I've been dealing with demons for more than 30 years. I first got involved in 1963. Some people said, well, Brother Prince will soon give it up. He'll change his doctrine. I have to say at the age of 80, I haven't given it up, and I haven't changed my doctrine. And I'll tell you one reason, it's scriptural, and number two, it works. I want to offer you three objectives that demons have. Number one, to torment and torture. They are the torturers. Number two, to keep you from knowing Christ as Savior. And number three, if you come to know Christ as Savior, then to keep you from serving him effectively. Now we have to distinguish between two things, what's called the flesh and demons or evil spirits. The flesh is the old carnal nature that every one of us have inherited from Adam. All of us are descendants from Adam. And Adam did not beget any children until he was a rebel. And every descendant of Adam has the nature of a rebel in him. That's the old man. Now, the other thing that we deal with is evil spirits. And it's important to know what you're dealing with, because the remedies are completely different. See, I was dealing with the spirit of heaviness, and I was trying to deal with it as if it were the flesh. I was trying to crucify it, because that's the remedy for the flesh. But you can't crucify a demon, nor can you cast out the flesh. You have to know what you're dealing with. A man came to me once and he said, Brother Prince, I want you to cast this demon out of me. I said, what's your problem? And he began to tell me his difficulty in relating to his wife. I said, I don't think I can cast that out. It's not a demon. It's your fleshly nature. You have to crucify it. So we need to know, am I dealing with my flesh or am I dealing with a demon? And I will give you a little list of characteristic activities of demons. Number one, they entice. There's not a single person here above the age of six who has not at some time been enticed to do evil. Very often it comes in words. Well, you see that nice gold pencil there? Pick it up. Nobody will know. If you dropped your pencil, they would do it to you. Anything that comes to you in words comes from a person. So you know that enticement comes from a person, a demon. Number two, they harass, or I think we say in English, harass. I'm bilingual and I have to remember which language I'm speaking. Anyhow, harass or harass, that's what they do. I have this little example in my mind. It's just not directly based on any single experience. There's this businessman. He's had a terrible day in the office. Everything went wrong. The air conditioning failed. His secretary didn't type his letters right. And then he got in the car to go home and he got in a jam in the motorway and he spent an hour sitting in his car opening all the fumes and finally when he gets home his wife hasn't got supper ready and the children are running around screaming and at that moment as they say in America he blows his stack he loses control he begins to shout and scream and that demon of anger that has been following him around all day slips in and after that, he's a slightly different person. From after that, at times, something comes over him and he wounds the people he loves most, his wife and children. And his wife looks at him from time to time and sees something in his eyes she never saw before. And then he's repentant and penitent and he says, 
I'm sorry, I don't know what made me do it. Well, we do know what made him do it. It was the demon of anger, see? It had harassed him or harassed him, and in the moment of weakness, slipped in. Then demons torment. They are the tormentors. They torment spiritually. With the suggestion, God doesn't love you, you're not really saved. That's a common form of torment. They torment emotionally with fear. They torment physically with all sorts of horrible things like arthritis and so on. They are the tormentors. And Jesus said, listen, if you don't forgive your fellow believer, God will deliver you to the tormentors. Who are they? The demons. A lot of Christians are in the hands of demons because they've refused to forgive some other person. Then demons compel. They make us do things we don't really want to do. That some of the things they compel you to do are really comical. I had a letter after a deliverance service from a woman aged 25 and she said, for the first week in my life that I can remember, I haven't been biting my nails. What made her bite her nails? A demon. Can you believe that? I know it's true. And then demons enslave. They make you slaves. You see, people can sin and stop sinning if they decide. For instance, a man may get drunk and then decide, I won't get drunk. And he doesn't drink anymore. He's sinned, but he's not enslaved. But an alcoholic is a man who can't stop drinking. He is enslaved. Now, if you put compel and enslave together, you get the word addiction. And in my personal opinion, almost every addiction of any kind is demonic. And there are a lot of respectable addictions. Some very unrespectable, some respectable. But if you are addicted, you have a problem. And your problem, I think, in 90% of the cases is a demon. Demons defile. They make us feel dirty and unclean. They project evil, impure images and thoughts and words into our minds. And I've talked with people at various times who said, just when I'm getting closest to the Lord, when I really want to worship Him, these horrible things come into my mind. And I said, you can be sure it's a demon. Anything that wants to keep you from worshiping God is a demon. Then demons deceive. They are behind all forms of religious deception. Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 4, in the last times, some will depart from the faith, that's Christians, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And believe me, my dear brothers and sisters, there are a lot of different deceiving spirits with doctrines that are demonic, and they're very near to all of us. Finally, demons make people weak or sick or tired or kill them. I dealt with a woman once, this is a remarkable situation, 72 different demons came out of her. She was a respectable woman, she was a registered nurse. She was charismatic, Pentecostal, but she had 72 demons. I didn't count them, but there was a woman 
making a little note of the names. And in the middle of this, it lasted five hours, she said, oh, I'm so tired. I can't go on. I can't take any more. And I thought, well, poor woman, she really is tired. And then the Lord showed me, that's not the woman, that's the demon. I said, you spirit of tiredness, come out of this woman. And it said, not the woman, it said, that's right, she's always tired. She's tired when she gets up, she's tired when she's going to bed. She's too tired to read the Bible, too tired to pray. When that spirit of tiredness came out of her, she was no longer tired. We finished the deliverance. Demons make you go to sleep. There's a spirit of slumber, it's referred to both in the Old and the New Testament. Have you ever considered that you can sit up till 2 a.m. watching something that you probably shouldn't be watching on the television, but if you decide to read your Bible, you go to sleep in 10 minutes? Is that right? That's not natural. There's something there that doesn't mind your watching television, in fact, probably wants you to watch it, but does mind your reading the Bible or praying. All right, those are some activities of demons. Now, the main areas in which they operate. I have to give this in a very condensed form, you understand? I'm writing a book about it. Please pray for me. <laughs> it's not an easy book to write. I discovered about 10 different kinds of spirits or demons mentioned in the Old Testament and about 20 in the New, that's 30. But that's just a little sampling. There are hundreds of different kinds of demons. The main area that they affect, I believe, is mo emotions and attitudes. And behind every negative emotion and attitude, there is a corresponding demon. That doesn't mean you've got the demon, but that means that the demon's there trying to get you. For instance, you can get angry, and it's not a demon. It's just you. It's your flesh. But if you get angry and can't control yourself, and get angry when you don't want to get angry, that's a demon. Let me give you a list of some of the commonest names that I've dealt with. And another thing about demons is they operate in gangs. When one gets in, it opens the door for the next. And if you find certain demons, you can always look for their friends. Let's take one. Pride. Rebellion, rebellion almost always follows pride. And then witchcraft or the occult. Because 1 Samuel 15 verse 23 says, Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Wherever you find rebellion, look for witchcraft. The great historical example of this is the young people of the United States in the 1960s. Almost a whole generation went into rebellion. And almost every one of them ended in the occult. Because rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And I thank God I saw scores of them gloriously saved and delivered. But I learned the lesson. Then one of the commonest spirits is the spirit of fear. Paul says God has not given us a spirit of fear. So it doesn't come from God. But... Fear is something that we easily, all of us, give way to. And it's followed by other things, like rejection. One of the commonest emotional problems in the church and in the world today is rejection. It's a sense of feeling unworthy, 
unwanted. Nobody really loves me. I'm on the outside looking in. And I would say, in my observation, at least 20% of professing Christians today that I've met with need deliverance from rejection. It's really due to the breakup of the family. Because the thing that gives a child the sense of security is the love and the care of a father. And where that is missing, there's something that cries out. I don't know who I am. I don't feel secure. I don't know that people really love me. I want to tell you one thing. Jesus really loves you. But the devil will do his best to convince you it's true of everybody else but not you. Then there's what I call emotional shock or continued emotional pressure. Um, I remember a woman telling me once she needed to be delivered from a spirit of fear. I said, how did it enter? When she said, I was standing on the sidewalk and a terrible accident happened in front of me. And at that moment, I was seized with fear and I realized the demon of fear entered me. Now let me give you a scripture about that. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 6. This is speaking about Christian women. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. So to be a daughter of, of Sarah you have to be not afraid with any terror. You have not to give way to sudden emotional shock. But if you do, it's very possible that a demon will enter. Then another way that come, they come, which is obvious, is sinful acts or habits. If you continually indulge in a sinful act, repeating it, sooner or later, and maybe sooner than later, the demon of that act will enter you. If you continually in, give way to sinful habits or foolish habits. <laughs> I was praying in a church once and a woman came up to me and there were several other people around me. She said, whatever she said, I said, I think you have a demon of criticism. So you wanted to cast it out? She said, yes. I said, you demon of criticism, come out. Well, about three people all around started to get delivered at the same time. <laughs> criticism is a sinful habit and can expose you to demons. Let me talk about one that nobody talks about in church. So because people don't talk about it in church, churchgoers have to go to a psychiatrist for help. But I'm talking about masturbation. Now, some people say masturbation is natural, it's not evil. I don't agree, but you're free to have your opinion. But what I do know is there are masses and masses of people who regularly masturbate and hate themselves for doing it. And they say never again, and a little while later they're doing the same thing again. Now that is a demon. It's a demon of masturbation. And because I don't want to embarrass you later, I'll tell you how it will come out. It will come out of your hands and your fingers. And you feel this tingling in your fingers. Your fingers will begin to go stiff and maybe bend backwards. I've seen this happen many times. 
Person will come up to his brother friends, I don't say what, understand what's happening to me. My fingers are tingling and they're burning me. <coughs> I say, you have a demon of masturbation. Hate it, get rid of it. And I want to tell you, masturbation will not go out unless you hate it. You have to really hate it. When you might say, I'm a married man and happily married, thank God you are. But I have cast a demon of masturbation out of a man of 50 who was married. But he still was a slave to masturbation. And let me speak to you frankly for a moment. What happens when a married partner has masturbation demon is the satisfaction from the sexual act that the other person should get goes to the demon and not to the person. Can you understand what I'm saying? I hope you can. I'm trying to be frank without offensive. And then there's another very, very common way that demons entered, enter, and that is through idle words. And I want to read to you what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12 about idle words. Verse 36. But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. People often say, well, I didn't really mean it. That's exactly what Jesus says. That's an idle word. Any words you speak you don't really mean are idle. And whether you intend it or not one day, unless you repent, you're going to have a, give account for them in the day of judgment. Every idle word. People so often say to me, well, Brother Prince, I didn't really mean it. I said, that's precisely what it is. It's an idle word. It's a word you didn't mean. And I cannot tell you how many people I've dealt with who have a spirit of death because they invited it in. They got depressed or discouraged and they said, well, I might as well be dead. What's the use of living? I'd be better off dead. That's all you have to say. The demon of death is right there in front of you. It will enter many times. I'm not saying always. So that's how they come in. I'm just going to repeat it. And that's not everything. Number one, prenatal. An attitude in the mother that makes the baby feel unwelcome. Pressures in early childhood. Children that grow up in strife-torn homes are automatically exposed to demons. Emotional shock or sustained emotional pressure. Sinful acts or habits and idle words. Now that's not a comprehensive list, but it gives you some idea of the way that demons come in. Then you need to break with every contact with the occult. Renounce it. Confess it. Renounce it. And if you have objects that relate you to the occult, make a commitment to God to get rid of them. Burn them if you can. Bury them. Do something with them. We had a young woman who'd been a Satanist. And uh, she came for deliverance and she was getting delivered, but she told us that she had a ring on her finger with which she'd been married to Satan. So we said, you have to take that ring off. She took it off and the demon made her swallow it. But there was a young man there who had supernatural faith and he commanded her to regurgitate it. And coughed it up, he picked up the ring and threw it in the lake. And then she was delivered. But before she could be delivered, she had to burn publicly every garment in which she'd ever worshipped Satan. The Bible says, hating even the garment spotted with the flesh. Break every contact. Get rid of everything. It may be very valuable. 
A woman said to me once, I've got all these Occult books. She said, they're worth thousands of dollars. I said, how much is your soul worth? That's a question you have to answer. How much is my soul worth? Then you have to forgive all other people. Jesus said, if you stand praying and you have anything against anyone, forgive. That leaves out nothing and no one. If you forgive, God will forgive you. If you do not forgive, God will not forgive you. That's absolutely flat out. So you have to make up your mind. Now let me tell you, forgiving a person is not an emotion. It's a decision. It comes from the will, not the feelings. And when you will it and say it, the Holy Spirit will give you the grace. But don't seek deliverance if you have bitterness, resentment, or unforgiveness in your heart against anyone. then it's important to stand on scripture. So I'll give you four scriptures, any of which you can stand on. Number one, my favorite, I think, Joel 2.32, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Luke 10.19, Jesus said, I give you authority over all the power of Satan, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. 1 John 3, 8 says, For this purpose the Son of God was revealed, that he might destroy the works of the evil one. And Colossians 1, 13 says, God has delivered us from the domain of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of his Son. Let me give you those without them. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Why don't we say that together? Let's say not whosoever, whoever. Whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Amen. Jesus said, I give you authority over all the power of Satan. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. 1 John 3, 8, For this purpose the Son of God was revealed, that he might destroy the works of the evil one. Colossians 1, 13, God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. Now, the way we're going to deal with this in a moment is I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you want, you don't have to. And you, I'm going to say the words, and you will say them after me. I'm putting the words in your mouth. So many people say, I want to pray, but I don't know what to pray. Well, I'll give you the words. But you're not praying to me, and you've got to mean them as your own words. But before I do that, let me just go quickly through this list. Now, I know a lot of people get delivered without consciously doing all these things, but these are the scriptural bases. Number one, be humble. And remember, God says, humble yourself. God never promises to make us humble. Number two, be honest. Call a spade a spade and not an agricultural implement. Number three, confess your faith in Christ. And I'll give you the words. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe that you are the Son of God. You died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead. Confess any known sins of yourself or your ancestors. Now, when we come to that, I'll pause and give you time, quietly, to confess any specific sins that you need to confess. Number five, repent. Remember, repentance is a decision, like forgiveness. It's not a feeling. 
It's the will. Turning around, turning your back. Break with the occult. If you've been involved with any form of occult, just quietly say, Lord, I renounce whatever it was. Fortune telling. I can't think of any other things at the moment. That's explained about that now. Renounce them. And if you've got things in your home, tell the Lord you'll get rid of them. Don't go out of here and go back to a home that's infested with demonic objects. Forgive everybody else. And again, I'll give a pause and give you time to name quietly the people you specifically need to forgive. My pastor, my wife, it's usually the people closest to us. We don't have a problem with people at a distance. But the person who shares your bed that may be a real problem. Stand on scripture. I think we'll stand on whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. And finally, expel. That's a modern translation of cast out. All right? I like it because it's not religious. I mean, we get so many religious phrases, we don't know what they mean. But if you've inhaled something that you don't want, what do you do? Expel it or exhale it, like the little boy that blew out four times. Now, when you do that, what first comes out may be just natural human breath. But if you go on, sooner or later, something else will mingle with the breath. That's your enemy. That's what you've got to get out. Now, at that point, do not go on praying. And don't speak in tongues. Because while you're praying and speaking in tongues, you're holding the demon in. Be like the traffic in the street when the ambulance comes by. Get off to one side and let the ambulance off. Then you can go back to praying. Now it may be that you need deliverance from many demons. That's all right. We're not in a hurry. If you're not in a hurry, we'll stay with you. Don't stop when the first one goes. Just go on as long as you need to get in rid of any of them. Now, I'm going to invite Don and Yinka to come stand with me and my wife because I like some support at this point. Then, those of you, and it's entirely your own decision, those of you that feel you may need deliverance from an evil spirit and you want to receive it here tonight, I want you to stand up. Then I will lead you in a prayer. You feel you need deliverance. Don't be embarrassed. Stand up. All right, now I'm going to ask you to say this prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe that you are the Son of God. And the only way to God. That you died on the cross for my sins. And rose again from the dead. I now confess to you any sins of which you have made me conscious. 
all sins committed by my ancestors. Now just take a little while and be as thorough as you can. Confess anything specific that the Holy Spirit brings to your mind, quietly. You don't have to tell anybody else. All right, now we're going on. The next thing is repentance. Lord, I repent of all sins I have ever committed. I hate them and I turn from them. I turn to you, Lord Jesus, for mercy and forgiveness. If I have been involved with the occult, I repent and I renounce it and I sever myself from it through the blood of Jesus. If I have occult objects in my possession, I commit myself to get rid of them. Now the next one is forgiving other people. Lord, I forgive any person who has ever harmed me or wronged me. I forgive them just as I want you to forgive me. Now take a little while and name the persons that you need to forgive. And the name that's hardest is the one you most need to say. All right, we're going on. Lord, to the best of my ability, I have met your conditions. And I now claim your promise. Whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. I'm calling on you now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Deliver me from all evil spirits. I hate them. They are not my friends. They are my enemies. And I command them to go from me now. In the name of Jesus. Now you let them go. I'll command them to go. Don't go on praying. Get rid of them. Now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, under the authority of the leadership of this conference, I come against every evil spirit that has been renounced in the name of Jesus. I command you to come out. Release them. Go from them. In the name of Jesus. Let them go. Let them go. You've been defeated by the blood of Jesus. You have been defeated by the blood of Jesus. Jesus Christ is Lord over this gathering. You have to obey the word of God. You have to obey the servants of God. We stand against you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. All your demons, you have to go in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to deal with specific categories. I'm going to start with the occult with all forms of witchcraft. If it's not come out, let it go now. Now, in the name of Jesus, we come against all occult spirits. Every form of witchcraft, sorcery, divination. Get out in the name of Jesus. 
Get out in the name of Jesus. Come out. Come out. Come out in Jesus' name. You bow before the name of Jesus. Release these people. Come out. Come out in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. That's right. That's right. You have to go. You have to go. You have to go. Jesus defeated you when he died and shed his blood and rose from the dead. Satan, you are subject to us. In the name of Jesus, every spirit of witchcraft, divination, sorcery, out in the name of Jesus. Go, release these people. Every spirit of false religion, out in the name of Jesus. You have to go. You have to go. In the name of Jesus. That's right. Then rebellion. There are many of you young people here tonight who have a spirit of rebellion. Come out. Go from there. In Jesus' name. Every spirit of loneliness, depression, rejection. Come out. Every spirit of suicide. Come out. Now then, I want you to say, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Are you there? I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Now, every spirit of death, come out. Go from these people. Release them in the name of Jesus. Release them in the name of Jesus. Release them. Every spirit of death. Amen. Come out. Come out. Come out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Destruction. Self-destruction. Out. In the name of Jesus. That's right. I'm out. You shall not destroy the people of God. They're God's property. You release them and go from them. All right. Now we're going to deal with resentment and all the ones that go with that. Every spirit of resentment, come out. Every spirit of resentment, in the name of Jesus, release these people. Go from them, in Jesus' name. Unforgiveness, anger, hatred, violence, and murder, come out. In the name of Jesus. In spirit of murder, bow before the name of Jesus and come out. Go from them in the name of Jesus. Out. 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 Some of you need to say several times to yourself, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Say it for yourself. Be determined. Now, if there are any women here that have deliberately procured an abortion, to be delivered, you have to confess it as murder. And you'll be delivered from the spirit of murder and of death. If you confess it to God, you don't have to confess it to us. <coughs> you can be delivered. Now, Lord, we come against 
the spirits of murder that have caused women to murder their own babies in Jesus' name. You get out of this place. You go from this place. We don't entertain you. We give you no room. We offer you no mercy. You have to go. Go, go in Jesus' name. Now we're going to deal with the negative emotions. Disappointment. You, any spirit of disappointment here, we break your hold <coughs> over the people of God in Jesus' name. L- loneliness, misery, depression, self-destruction, out, especially depression. Come out, depression. Loose them in the name of Jesus. Loose them in the name of Jesus. There's many spirits of depression here tonight. Out. You go in Jesus' name. You release the people of God. All right. We're going to deal with the ones that affect the mind. Lord, we come against those spirits that torment the mind. Unbelief. Doubt. Compromise. Forgetfulness, confusion, torment, and insanity. Insanity. You come out. 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 Amen. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to come against insanity again. That's right. Every spirit of insanity, you come out. Now, God has shown me there's a witch here tonight. I'm not going to point you out, but this is your last opportunity. If you don't renounce your trade as a witch tonight, you'll perish forever in hell. Out! In the name of Jesus. Out! Out! Out. Out. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to deal with the tongue. Every lying spirit, come out. Not only the ones that make you tell lies, but the ones that lie to you. Tell you God doesn't love you. You can't be healed. There's no hope for you. Those are lying spirits. Renounce them in the name of Jesus. Every spirit that counterfeits sickness and tells healed people that they're still sick, you leave them in the name of Jesus. You release them. Go from them in Jesus' name. Every spirit of cursing and blasphemy, out in the name of Jesus. And every church-going spirit of gossip and criticism, come out. Humble yourself and acknowledge you're a gossip, you're a talebearer. God hates talebearing. There's no place for you in heaven unless you renounce it and get delivered from it.
God hates those who sow discord between brethren. You need to repent. You're very religious, but you're also very wicked. All right, we come to the area that no one ever talks about, sex. All right, we're, we're going on with our program. Amen. And first of all, we're going to start with masturbation. Every spirit of masturbation, in the name of Jesus, you go from these people, release them. Release their fingers, release their hands, release their sexual organs in the name of Jesus. Out, out. Don't be proud. Don't be proud. If it's in your fingers, shake it out. Let it go. That's right. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You've got to hate it. It's not your friend. It's your enemy. That's right. Get it out. Let it go. In the name of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, be determined. Be absolutely determined. You are not going to tolerate it any longer. It has no place in you. Your body has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And then we come to the other sins. Fornication, adultery, out. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's no place in heaven for fornicators and adulterers. Every spirit of homosexuality, out in the name of Jesus, out in the name of Jesus. You go, you go, you go. Every spirit of pornography. Now there are several here tonight who are bound and enslaved by pornography. Renounce it. Let it go from you. What you do in secret, God sees. There are no secrets with God. Some of you are churchgoers, but you're pornography viewers. Out! Renounce it. Renounce it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. What about taking a few moments to thank God for what he's done? Thank you, Lord.